Hey everybody, welcome to the Decoding Cocktails podcast. I'm your host, Chris LeBeau. At the ripe age of 38, I left my former career behind and joined the hospitality industry. Since then, I've been on a rapid journey of learning, meeting all sorts of great people, and this, this podcast, is my chance to bring you along with me. Whether I'm interviewing somebody that works in the industry, another enthusiast, or occasionally stepping back to share what I'm working on or my thoughts. I'm so glad you're here. And so with that aside, let's get into today's episode. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back for another episode of Decoding Cocktails, your favorite cocktail podcast from the 8th Ward in the city of St. Louis, no doubt. Welcome back for an episode where we're going to loop in a short conversation I had recently, but also one of the things that the uh, the old metrics tell me was last year I did an end-of-the-year recap. We are about halfway through 2023, and so figured I'd share a few things, and um, hopefully those help, and then we'll get to a short interview with the uh, executive director of Bar Convent Brooklyn, an event I just got back from in New York City. Uh a couple of things. First, um, to people that listen to this podcast, uh, to people that have hired me for cocktail classes, uh, it I'm roughly at what I consider to be the two and a half year mark of this being really my full time endeavor. And so, thank you to all of those who have been generous with their times in terms of guests. Thank you to everybody that's had the confidence and excitement to bring me into their home or business. And uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, one of the things that was kind of new for me is I, I definitely pushed the upper limit on classes on class size this year. I did a class for about 40, 45 people and uh, with a couple of people I was able to pull it off pretty readily. So it's it continues to be interesting to see where this might be headed. And um, and so, yeah, I, I appreciate all of you for coming along on the on the ride with me. Um, since I know I have people from both the industry and lay people listening out there, I felt like I wanted to, for people who are a recent guest on the podcast, but just in case to kind of drive a couple things home, if you're listening to this and you're at the front end of your cocktail journey, I do feel like Michael Ruhlman's uh, recently released uh, book of cocktail ratios is probably the best book I've encountered for straight-up beginners. And in terms of a book that is pound-for-pound pound worth things, I think in terms of its addressing of technique and keeping drinks really simple and relatable and not having to run to the store a lot, which I is something that kind of triggers me, knowing that a lot of us um, you know, don't have infinite budgets. And so I, I appreciate the book's approach for that. My only caveat is I, uh, Michael likes his drinks a little stronger than I do, so uh, you may find them to be wonderful. You may also find you want to uh, tone down the booze or tone up uh, the, the modifiers a little bit on them, but either way, I think it's a wonderful instructional manual. Uh, second, since they recently brought home the uh, gold, so to speak, at the James Beard Award, I did want to also say that I think if you uh, have been doing cocktails for a while and are looking to level up, um, in particular, I think about the first, so, uh, uh another former podcast guest, uh, co-author of, uh, the book, uh, The Bartender's Manifesto by Toby Maloney, uh, Emma Jansen, having been on the show, um, that book recently won a James Beard Award for cocktail recipes and whatnot. 
I think it is probably the book that um, has most enhanced my thinking about cocktails in the past year, um, in part because Toby takes the time to really explore these ideas of aroma, texture, balance, and there's definitely a fourth one that is not coming to me right now. Did I say texture? If I didn't, anyways, there are four key elements in there. And I think that for people who are really looking to push things to the next level, um, quickly after the first main section of these four key elements, Toby is really at that point lecturing to people in bar programs. And if you're a super ambitious home bartender, it could be wonderful too. But I think that the first third of that book is pound for pound worth everything. And so would highly recommend it for those looking to push their practice further. Something else I kind of wanted to say in terms of where this is going. And hey, if you ever have uh, episodes you've loved in particular, things you want to hear, please, 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 please reach out. But where I'm feeling like I'm finding myself feeling pulled these days is, and uh, a handful of things have come together to kind of make this happen, including my recent trip to New York. But I feel like I am increasingly interested in the cultural, anthropological, social aspect of spirits and, and beer and wine. The fact that these things have been with us just since really the dawn of any form of civilization. The fact that in every almost every culture, there is some form of either uh, religious or social uh, libation that is gathered around. Um, one of the things I'm excited for that is scheduled, so hopefully you'll be hearing it sooner than later. Um, I'm going to be talking with the beverage program director at Blue Hill, which is a, uh, a set of uh, two restaurants in the greater New York area. And uh, their chef, Dan Barber, has uh, made an appearance on uh, the infamous Netflix show um, Chef's Table. But Dan's book, The Third Plate, for me many years ago, was is a book that I've probably read at least four times and is all about this idea of flavor being the driver of what a great drink uh, not a great drink, but but what what should be our barometer for what makes great food? How do we get great flavor out of things? And really, a lot of times this comes back to not only uh, starting with great seeds, but also how are we caring for the land? How are we caring for the cattle? And you know, at a time when hey, uh, climate change is becoming more and more intense, I think the stewarding we have over this planet uh, is very important. And so I'm interested to think about. Um, how do we be better stewards of the planet, but also uh, what do we need to think about in terms of how we are finding the best flavor for a drink? You know, maybe I, I think part of the reason why we there can be such a culture of excessive drinking at times is when any old flavor in the glass will do, why not have a bunch of them? But if we're having wonderfully uh, aromatic, wonderfully textured spirits, liqueurs, cocktails, glasses of wine, whatever— you know, hey, having a little extra is always fun, but uh, maybe at times that also helps us find greater balance with it. And speaking of that, I'm being hit by a wonderful aroma right now. Uh, coming podcast soon will be an interview with the uh, uh, lovely woman, uh, Hiromi, uh, Hiromi uh, Iuchi is her name, and uh, she, she uh, talked to me about shochu. And so that'll be coming up very soon. And what is shochu? Well, stay tuned for that episode. So uh, things to keep in mind of. I'm, I'm interested to explore how do we better patronize this field? Uh, How do we look at 
I think about with food having an arc that is, you know, I think it's fair to say 20 to 30 years at least ahead of the spirits industry. We're now finally on TV, courtesy of Netflix's Drink Masters and whatnot. But I think that, um, you know, 30 or 40 years ago, for the most part, if, if a child had perhaps told their parent, like, I want to be a cook or a chef, uh, our perception of being a chef now is very different than 30 or 40 years ago when that would have been like, oh, you're giving up on, you know, going to a traditional route. And I'm very interested in the labor angle of how do we make this a profession that is supportive in terms of uh, looking at it as a dignified role. And so anyway, so these are the, the, the things that I'm, I'm hoping to begin to interrogate more and more. And I'm hoping you'll enjoy the journey. And please, um, if you're listening, Chris at decodingcocktails.com. Feel free to email me if you have thoughts on this. Hey, that sounds great. Hey, try this instead. Always open for that. Finally, uh, so we're, we're going to move now into a, my conversation with Jackie Williams of Bar Combat Brooklyn. But in general as well, I, something I think is useful, um, as someone who operates out of his home and kind of has his day-to-day work routine as well as the engagements I run, I think it's fair to say that there are times that uh, I can get caught up in a routine, and routines can be great. But having gone to New York for a bar convent in Brooklyn, I have Tales of the Cocktail coming up. It was wonderful for not only shaking the cobwebs off the routine that I was stuck in, but I think one of the real appeals for this for me was going out and not only meeting great people, which I did, but finding inspiration. Because I think at times my world can begin to contract on itself, even if I'm uh, looking for what I think are interesting things. So uh, just a, a call to action for people who are ever feeling stuck, sometimes getting out of your own little environment can be a good thing. So with that, my my guest today is Jackie Williams. She is the event director of Bar Convent Brooklyn, which is put on by the organization Reed Exhibitions. Uh, originally, this was out of Berlin and uh, now is in Brooklyn and Sao Paulo as well happens every year, kind of around the 12th, 13th ish of June in Brooklyn, in a part of town called Industry City. Um, at the time of this interview, uh, I had uh, come off recently uh, my first night in Brooklyn. Uh, I, uh, I overdid it with uh, some friends, and so uh, so I was I, uh, I certainly had a, a slow start to the first day of the event and missed the opening night party. These parties are. For for someone out there that that appeals to them, uh, the the big brands usually throw these massive massive parties, as well as a lot of the niche brands throw a lot of other smaller, uh, qu- more quaint parties. But uh, Jackie was obviously running wild enough that she had not made it there, and um, and neither of us had really slept much or uh, or eaten at the time we talked. But uh, it really was a great chance, a a, th- a thing that I would think about bar combat Brooklyn compared to Tales of the Cocktail is there is a lot more of a traditional trade show kind of element, as you'll hear us allude to, that groups kind of have a perennial booth uh, over the course of two days. And so it gives you a chance to kind of survey the grounds and then, of course, taste and talk about as much as you want. There is quite a bit of education as well, um, but really a great opportunity at times to find inspiration, make some, have some laughs, make some new friends, um, and uh, for those in the industry for a long time, see people you haven't seen for a while. Uh, so it really was a great time. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed this com- this short conversation with uh, Jackie. I really am grateful to her for making some time amongst what was a uh, a frenzied couple of days. Jamaica. 
So where I was, I was kind of curious, knowing that you have like a long uh, history with events, is when this one, Bar Convent Brooklyn, kind of fell in your lap, how did you decide this was like the next project you wanted to take on? Uh, the opportunity came up, and I was working on a different event within the same company, RX, and this opportunity came up, and I had always had a little bit of FOMO that I could never go to BCB Brooklyn because my other event was at the exact same time. Got it. So when it came up, I was like, yes, absolutely. Like, sign me up. It's just the exhibitors and the attendees are so lovely, and to be able to be a part of it and help them all come together and do business and see their friends and network, make new friends, learn about the trends. It's just like, it, literally, I just got goosebumps because it like makes me so happy to be able to contribute positively to someone's business. Is It's delightful to I mean, feel the, the passion and enthusiasm. Like, as I'm making through the booth, sometimes I just feel like it just gets sucked into this wonderful thing of like, here's why we made the, like this. I was talking to these people at Adriatico earlier and like, just like, I mean, the level of intensity this woman was coming at with me about almonds, you know, and I was just like, I love you. Like, tell me everything. So, And I want to put that stuff in my cereal in the morning, too. That's it was, amazing. Yes, fantastic. Yeah. So for, you know, knowing that BCB hasn't run as long as some events, at least here in, in, in the States, for States, yeah. if people feel like they don't have the time to go to every event that comes up, right? if you do. Everyone's busy. I get it. You know, obviously, there's a, a geographic, you know, thing of like, oh, like, I'm closer to this than this. But what would be, what is your pitch and thoughts on why someone should give BCB a try as opposed to another event so far? I would say that BCB is an amazing experience. We're at a fantastic venue at Industry City. There's so much to do and see and experience. So that's one thing. But also, I think with BCB Brooklyn, that there's so much education and learning and that you can come across whether that's learning about a new product that's launching or the way that a product is created or listening to the education sessions or the the tasting sessions there's so much to learn and share and the best practices that are coming out of this event are super helpful for everyone mm-hmm. yeah just earlier today and i fortunately get to t- talk about it on the podcast but i interviewed someone from the sake and shochu makers association then i went to an event on koji and so it kind of just felt it's like yeah the day suddenly felt very like tight knit on uh how it's kind of unfolded so knowing that it seems like things are are growing what has been different this year for you And, and 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 so what what were you excited about coming into this year and i mean we might have to talk later about how you even reflect back on it because I know that we're both also dying for lunch at some point too. So. <laughs> at some point, lunch will happen in our lives, yes, for sure. It might be a little closer to dinner time. Uh, coming into the event, I was really excited that this is a sold-out event. So we were sold out of exhibit space. We have almost 200 exhibitors, so it's the largest show floor that Bar Combat Brooklyn has ever had. I was really excited about the number of new brands the brands that were coming back that had taken in a year or two off from participating, but also seeing the smiles on people's faces, the hugs that they're giving to each other. And it's maybe they hadn't seen each other since BCB last year or you know any other event. And so that's amazing. It warms my heart. I'm really excited about that. 
Um, I think there was also some really fun activations. Hendrix was doing the Grand Garden Games sure. in one of the courtyards. That was really fun. Love the flower crowns. Yeah, Hendrix, like Flora, like they're, yeah, the, the, the two different things it's they've done yeah. has certainly been like, well, it's hard to unsee this right here for sure. So, right. so that's been that's been really nice so far. Yeah. Um, it, some, some of the, the booths uh, have changed year over year. So, you know, a, a new booth layout, seeing it, a rendering and then seeing it come to life is amazing. Trying the new products that are new to market has been amazing. It's just been a really fun few days. And how, like, so having gone to, like, Tales before, what is nice about this in a way, and, like, you know, everything has its ups and downs. Like, it's cool that, like, Tales draws you into the city, but it feels like certainly here it's, like, it's nice that you're, like, oh, my gosh, that event that I'm signed up for is, like... One building over. Yeah, one building over. It's not, you know, a, a mile and a half away. And so, like, I mean, at this point in time, based on where we are, because it feels like, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know, like how, you know, again, you'll be able to tell us all later on how things went, but, uh, you know, it feels like, you know, day one is, was, I mean, yesterday was just a zoo and I haven't been over the courtyard for two hours now, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, like, I mean, do you feel like you're going to start to max out on this building? Cause it's a beautiful sprawling set of buildings, but like, my goodness, like yesterday I was in there, I was like, this is, this is crowded. We, um, have some opportunity for growth for next year for, to be taking some additional space. Um, so that will add some additional brands, which will be nice. Um, and then that will also spread out the crowds a little bit more. Mm-hmm. For, you know, I'm guessing I'm thinking even like smaller brands. So I, I've seen like in many cases, like it was nice, like at the, I forget if their, their technical brand name was like Spirits of Peru, but so like, but Peru, like they were like, Hey, like let's bring a bunch of mm-hmm. small growers together. The other day I saw that. Fascia Bruto had like paired up with like some group called Empirical, but how do you, you know, for, I'm sure for crap, for small brands that are like, we have a limited budget, mm-hmm. like what is your thoughts for them on knowing that it's going to be a worthwhile investment of their time and capital? Cause they're they might have right. to shut down their operation. Right. Yeah. How, how do you think about yeah. that for pitching so them? I think, uh, we do have a, a section of the show called the emerging brands pavilion. So it's, a little smaller of a space. It's a little bit more turnkey. And that's where we're able to, I think, appeal to maybe a smaller budget. Um, and it's a little easier for the move in and the move out with, with that kind of space. So we do have that opportunity for, for folks. But I also think that BCB is a great place to showcase your product. Where else are you going to have so many bartenders, bar owners, influencers all in one place? Um, located in Brooklyn, which is an amazing city. So I think the worthwhile um, investment of, of time, effort, energy is is there. There's an opportunity to get leads from these attendees. Um, there's an opportunity for media exposure, for you know meeting all of the visitors that are coming to the event as well. Mm-hmm. You know, with Tails being one of my other big things, like I guess the thing is, like obviously a lot of brands can have the moment time down there where they can be in like the tasting room for a bit but like that's typically like a a couple hour like like integration versus here they obviously have a booth for two days days, do you ever feel like as you're bumping up against the size like answer this or don't like i mean does does adding on days ever feel like necessary or is it like you'll be then tax taxing like the brand too much to try to figure out how to populate for longer because it feels like there's certainly 
a lot happening, mm-hmm. but it's a question of like what's people's upper limit for right. how yeah. long they want to be off site. I mean, it's, it's a conversation that we have had. It's a conversation that we will continue to have. Um, you know, nothing set in stone at this point, sure. um, but you know, who knows five years down the line will be a very different, might be a very different, uh, layout mm-hmm. plan. So I, um, confession time to you and to everybody out there. So on the night before Monday night, uh, I, I, I over, I overdid it with a couple of friends. And so, uh, so yesterday after like, a uh, there was an activation at like bar Goto North of here. I had to like shut it down and go to, so how was, in terms of other reasons to come, there's obviously the big kickoff night party yeah, or whatever. the opening and closing night parties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I imagine you were there, but what was the William Grant and Sons party like in terms of people that, for those that don't just want to come and geek out and learn stuff the whole time, those are like, let's, let's, let's party. Like, like, what was that like last night? I unfortunately did not make it to the party. I was, I was on site rather late. Uh, Fair enough. Getting prepared for, for today. So I did not go. I know that a couple of my team members did go. Sure. I've talked to a couple of other exhibitors and visitors and they all said that they had a great time and I'm sure that the Jaeger party this evening will be just as amazing. I would imagine so. Yeah. No, I haven't experienced some other ones. I will, uh, I'm sure we can find some collateral that we can link out to. Um, what else have, is, is there anything else that we haven't, I mean, so like what I like about it is I like the fact that there is kind of this perennial exhibitor floor, you know, yesterday, Mm -hmm. I feel like from my own experience, I kind of got the lay of the land yesterday. I stopped in and saw some people and I bookmarked in my head. It was like, okay, I'm going to come back and see those people mm-hmm. tomorrow because also I'll be, have been totally overserved if I stop and see everybody I want to talk to. Is there anything else about the event that we haven't talked about? I love kind of the out main courtyard that kind of... Uh, yeah, the outdoor uh, space is amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that welcomes people as they arrive. What else do you wish people would know who haven't attended about why you think they shouldn't come? Is there anything we haven't covered that would be useful? Um, I think that one thing is that it is really a global event. We have brands from around the world. We have visitors from around the world. It's the largest international exhibiting presence that we have ever had at Bar Combat Brooklyn, which I think is amazing. I have met people from I think almost every continent and I just look forward to that continued growth of 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 Bar Combat Brooklyn so first sometimes when I'm like always looking for the one more thing you know I, I, but like I, I, I love where you went with it because yes the the not only just the diversification of people you meet but like knowing like oh I didn't even know they like I, I've never tried something from, right. from from here before so I do think yeah that that level of connection and yeah I feel like some of the people as they tell you the story about their their product or their bar like suddenly you just feel like you are taken away there yeah. and so yeah it's it, amazing yeah so uh and we'll link to it online but so uh just bar convent brooklyn I'm sure on all the social media channels um and next year I guess same time same place right here in the yes indeed m- middle of June yes indeed we'll see you June 11th and 12th next year at Industry City okay well, thank you for taking time amongst thank a, you so a real much busy for having schedule. Me. Thanks, Jay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. The show notes for today's episode are available at decodingcocktails.com slash podcast. 
If you'd like to keep up with what we're working on, there are two great ways to do so. One, our short weekly newsletter, Cocktail Confidential, which you can sign up for at decodingcocktails.com slash newsletter. Or give us a follow on Instagram at decodingcocktails. If you think this podcast is great stuff, we'd love it if you'd subscribe or, of course, share an episode with a friend. The Decoding Cocktails podcast is produced by Chris Bay and myself. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon, and happy cocktail.